your opportunity to listen and learn from the most successful people driving growth and success in Palm Beach County and beyond. Welcome to the Business in Paradise Palm Beach podcast with Carrie Stamp, founder of Carrie Stamp and Company, Principled Wealth Advisors. Carrie and his guests share stories and insights from Palm Beach County's most successful executives, entrepreneurs, and community leaders. Learn how they made it to where they are today, what principles guide them, how they mentor others to achieve success, and more. Hello, this is Carrie Stamp, and you're listening to the Business in Paradise podcast. On the show today, I've got a guest. Noel Martinez is the president and CEO of the Palm Beach North Chamber of Commerce. So, Noel, welcome to the Business in Paradise podcast. Hey, Carrie, thanks so much for having me. You know, it's been amazing to kind of understand and watch the transition that you've had. I came to South Florida in 2006. And in Chicago, I had actually been very well involved in the Chamber of Commerce. In fact, you may not even know this, but my mother at one point was the executive director of the Skokie, Illinois Chamber of Commerce. I didn't know that. <laughs> and uh, so I'm very familiar with the benefits that the Chamber of Commerce can bring to a lot of people. But when I came down in 2006, I joined the Chamber briefly. I think at that time, the Chamber was going through a lot of transition. There was a Jupiter to Quest to Juno Beach Chamber, and I can't remember what the other one was called. What was the other one called? It was the called North? the North Palm Beach Chamber. The North Palm Beach Chamber. And then eventually they merged together at some point? Yep, yeah, at some point. That was back in uh, 2007, and that's when uh, we became the Northern Palm Beach County Chamber of Commerce. And then eventually, after about five years ago or so, we rebranded ourselves to become the Palm Beach North Chamber of Commerce. And were you working there in 2007? Back in 2007, no, but I came in, if you remember, I was the director of membership development there for some years, and I came in right after the merger, so it was right about 2009. Okay. So I, I worked in the hospitality industry for many, 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 many years, and I actually moved up to this area to open up a new restaurant called the Bonefish Grill. Oh, really? So we opened up the original Bonefish Grill here in the Palm Beach North region, which was right there on US1 and PGA in the Oak Brook Plaza. And when I got here, um, I joined the chamber, just like everyone's supposed to do, right? You open up a new business, you're supposed to join the chamber, get involved in the community. And I immediately fell in love with the organization. At the time, the president and CEO of the chamber was Casey Steinbacher. I don't know if you remember Casey. She was absolutely dynamic and just an amazing leader. And I just fell in love with the organization. The, the more I got involved, the more in love I fell with it. Not only do I uh, remember Casey, but um, her daughter, Suzanne, was working at the chamber. Her son-in-law, Jeff, was a, a friend of mine. And her husband, Tom, actually trained our dog when we first moved down here. So it was a kind of a small world. But absolutely, she really was a, a dynamic person. Go back to Bonefish Grill for a second. Were you working at a different Bonefish when you came up to the Palm Beach Gardens one? Yeah, so I was part of the team that opened up all the Bonefish Grills in South Florida. So they recruited me, um, right? I played a little bit of baseball in college. So while I was playing baseball, I waited tables, bus tables. I kind of did it all in the restaurant industry. And I eventually got into management with a restaurant called Hops Microbrewery, which goes back, way back. They haven't been around in a long time. And then the two founders of Bonefish Grill, Chris Parker and Tim Kersey, I'll never forget them telling me, we're going to come back and get you when we open up these Bonefish Grills in South Florida. And sure enough, you know, when they decided, when OSI bought them over, which was Outback at the time, 
bought them and really decided to start expanding these bonefish girls all over the country. They came back and recruited me and I did my training over there on the West Coast in St. Pete spent you know months over there training and then came down to south florida and opened up three restaurants before we opened up mine in in, uh north palm beach and were you in south florida before that were you were you living here most of your life yep born and raised so i was born and raised in the miami area actually hialeah i know a few people uh i i I always say miami because not everybody knows where hialeah is but born and raised down in hialeah went to high school down there played sports my whole life, ended up going to Broward Community College on a baseball scholarship for a couple years. And then I got to work. Then I got into, you know, I saw an opportunity to start working and make some money. And I eventually um, ended up in the restaurant business for many, many years. And then eventually um, a friend of mine, an old friend of mine, uh, Matt Carroll, who I know is, is a close friend of yours with Hoover Architectural Products, reached out to me and said, hey, I'm looking trying to do to open up a wholesale division in our business and he brought me on board to help him grow that and i went into the private sector for about three years two and a half three years or so i was with matt and i got to do that before i went to the leadership palm beach county which we, i'm sure we'll talk about here in a little bit and if you want to hear more about hoover architectural products and matt carroll he has his own episode of the business in paradise podcast as well so your hoover architecture you're essentially in sales there. Sales manager, yeah. I was managing a sales team and really selling this new idea, this new concept that Matt Carroll had. Um, Matt Carroll really is a smart guy, thinks outside of the box and, and, and really knows how to diversify his business and has done an amazing job with Hoover Architectural Products. And I was really excited. I learned a lot from him, working on, alongside with him, traveling all over the country, trying to sell this wholesale division that, uh, that we ended up, you know, he did a great job. He's done a great job with it. So the calling comes back to you and you're like, I need to get back to the nonprofit world. There's this job that's just opened up. Is this a segue into Leadership Palm Beach County? Yeah. So let's talk about Leadership Palm Beach County because I think that is really was a life changing moment. I went through the program back in 2014 and got to meet some of the most amazing people I've ever met. And what it did was not only did I get to meet some amazing people, but it really inspired me to go out there and do more and grow both professionally and personally and, and really try to make a difference in the community. Um, so I went through the program in 2014, ended up getting engaged. Uh, I was serving on their board. And at the time we lost our CEO or our executive director of leadership, Palmish County. And I'll never forget walking outside of a, a, of a board meeting and we, were, we had just announced that she was leaving and one of the board members, one of the other board members comes up to me and goes, hey, you should go after that. You're very passionate about leadership, Palm Beach County. You really get people. You're good with relationships and you should do it. And she pushed me to, to go out there and interview for the position. And I was there for three years as the executive director. I ended up getting the job. Yeah, I would give a shout out to leadership, Palm Beach County. Also, I was in the class of 2011. And for somebody that was new, and I'd been here for five years at that point, And my good friend, Steve Rittmiller, had uh, said, Kerry, you really need to get into leadership Palm Beach County. He was in the class the year before, said this is something that is what he described as networking on steroids, because you're going to spend an entire day with people in Palm Beach County where you're going to be out there and you're going to be working with them. You're going to be talking to them. You're going to have to learn how to collaborate with people that are in the nonprofit sector, which I found just incredibly challenging to work with nonprofit or or oriented people and the government sector, 
which was equally challenging to somebody who had been an entrepreneur his entire life. But I got to make some great associations and also some great friendships that I still have to this day. So in my class, I think there were 48 people. I have three of my team members that have gone through Leadership Palm Beach County in the last three years. And I think now we're probably doing 52 or 54 people in, in each of these classes. But So they're still fairly small. And the, the wealth of knowledge that you gain about the county and the people that you meet in different areas or aspects of government, um, nonprofit and business can be very helpful. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm I'm a big proponent of leadership Palm Beach County. I have a staff member that's been ever since I took over the chamber. I've had a staff member go through the program every year. Currently, we have someone on our staff going through the program right now, and they absolutely love the program. I'm a big, big fan. I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for the people that I met and the relationships that I made and what I learned by running that amazing organization. You know, and one of the things that I've talked about in the past is all of the people over the years that have been helpful to me and that have mentored me along the way as I've kind of grown my career. Are there any people that stand out to you and you say, geez, these folks really kind of went out of their way to help me? Oh my God, no doubt. So there was a guy named Jeff Nemet that I haven't seen in years and years and years and years, but he was the general manager. I was as an assistant general manager at Hops Microbrewery. I think he's running like 52 cheesecake factories now or something, but he taught me how to run a business, how to manage people. You know, there was a quote, I think it's a Peter Drucker quote that uh, it's what gets measured gets improved. This guy measured everything. Everything from the amount of man hours we're spending on something to the amount of baking soda is going into that brownie that's going on that Sunday. So he really, really taught me how to run a business and he had a huge impact. I mean, he took me under his wing and at the age of 24 years old, I was running a $4 million restaurant with over 65 employees because of what that man taught me. A couple other people that come to mind, Ed Chase, former CEO of the Palm Beach North Chamber of Commerce. He's the one that introduced me to Leadership Palm Beach County and really gave me the confidence to apply and go after it. He's an amazing leader, still involved in the community, still a very good friend, and I still call him on all kinds of things. I talked to you a little bit about Patty Hamilton. She's like an older sister to me, you know, someone that's taken me under my wing back when we opened up the Bonefish Grill. Um, she was one of our regulars, and, very, and I met her through the chamber. I think she was the chairman of the board at that time, and she's someone that just took me around town, introduced me to everyone, would bring people over to the restaurant. And to this day, I still call her on all kinds of different things because she knows where all the bodies are buried in Palm Beach County, that's for sure. And then of course, um, my good buddy, Troy McClellan, who is the CEO of the Boca Chamber. Um, they are a big chamber, just like ours. We're, we're both about, we're very similar in size. He's someone that has been in the chamber industry for, I believe, almost 30 years now. And he's someone that I speak to two, three times a week on how to deal with certain issues or how to how to present certain issues to the board. And he's just someone that I really look up to and someone that really cares and wants to see me succeed. Yeah, no, well, I think I know the last three people you mentioned, the uh, Bonefish Grill, Jeff, and the Cheesecake Factory fellow. I don't know, but what you said is exactly true. And that's why we measure all of the productivity and all of the activities that we have in the firm. And the group that I'm involved with, Matt Carroll, is called Vistage. And one of the things that we do is we share our KPIs, our key performance indicators with the other members of the group so that we can hold ourselves accountable. And to me, that's like having a, a peer group or a mentor group that's going to make sure that I do what I'm telling people. And I'd even give a shout out to Patty because 
Patty Hamilton, I think, went to the church here in uh, Tequesta, Good Shepherd, where uh, Bob Taylor was a pastor for about 30 years. And Robert Taylor Jr. is one of my financial advisors, who Patty probably has known since uh, he was in elementary or in junior high school. So it's a small community uh, with some really good people. And I still see Patty all the time because I like to stop in periodically to the Quantum House resale shop on Indian Town Road. And she's always there. She's always volunteering. She's always helping out. So good group of mentors that you've had. Okay, so we are at Leadership Palm Beach County. And at some point, the position for the director of the Palm Beach North Chamber of Commerce opens. And at just about that point, my friend John Carr calls me and says, Carrie, we need some new people on the board of directors. Would you like to join the board? And I said, John, I don't know if uh, that's really something that I want to do. I was on a couple of other different types of boards at that time. And uh, he said, I'm asking you, I I really think that this would be good for you. It'd be good for the chamber to uh, get you involved. And I said, all right, uh, we'll see how this goes. So they appointed me to a board term. And my first meeting is figuring out who's going to be the new director of the Chamber of Commerce. And the names were bandied about. And it was you and uh, one or two other folks that we were talking about. And everybody said, uh, you know, Noel's been here before. He's done this. He knows the chamber. He's a proven uh, leadership executive, and he should be the guy that runs the chamber. I think it was fairly unanimous. At the time, I said, well, you know, he's been at leadership for only three years. Uh, one of my concerns would be that uh, if something better comes along, how do we know that Noel's not going to stay at the chamber? But you never know that with anybody as far as what uh, they're going to do. Was it hard for you to make that jump from leadership Palm Beach County to the Palm Beach North Chamber of Commerce? And I suppose there's not really a good answer to that question. I will tell you this. I loved that job. That was an amazing job and it opened up so many doors for me. And I, and I say that all the time. There's only one organization that I would have left leadership Palm Beach County for, and that is the Palm Beach North Chamber of Commerce. In the back of my mind, I've always wanted to end up as the president and CEO of the Palm Beach North Chamber. I've been a member of this organization. I've won Small Business of the Year. I was the Artie Gras Volunteer of the Year back when I was a member. I've been the membership director. I know this organization, this community inside and out. And uh, this is really the only organization that I would have left leadership Palm Beach County. So you're living it, you're breathing it. I'm all in. All right, so that was three years ago. Was that 2018 or 2019? Two years ago. Time flies, two but it's only two ago. years ago. Yeah, just over two years. Yep, that's correct. But it was right before COVID. <laughs> right before yeah, COVID. Right yeah. before uh, we had all these challenges. So you come in, you get the job, and then we get COVID-19, and it shuts the world down. What was it like? Different. Very different. Uh, we weren't expecting it. Three months in, all of a sudden this thing, COVID-19 comes around and we're like, ah, we're going to be fine. We'll get through it. We'll figure it out. Next thing you know, we're shut down for almost a year and a half. I think um, a lot of good came out of COVID-19, right? It really taught us how to run lean and mean, how to get things done, how to pivot. We immediately became, the Chamber of Commerce became that resource for the small businesses that really needed help when they, need, when they needed it the most. Um, we... I'm so proud of all the work that we did. We went, you know, obviously we had to cancel all of our in-person events and that's a big money generator for us on how we do things, but we really had to get creative on how to bring in some extra revenue. I talked about 
getting lean and mean. Um, unfortunately, you know, we, we had to eliminate a few positions at the chamber. We, we really had to cut back on everything that we were doing, but then we really got good at this whole virtual thing, right? We really figured out how to monetize our events. And, and now all of a sudden we're doing things on Facebook live and we went from, you know, an audience of 250 people in a room to an audience of over a thousand people online. And, um, and our sponsors like that and they liked the visibility and, and, and that, that really helped us, you know, get through it. Eventually we were able, you know, we, we had to cancel Artie Grawl the first year. We, we ended up doing it the second year and kind of really having, being successful, having a great year. And for our listeners that don't know what Artie Gras is, will you describe it? So Artie Gras Fine Arts Festival is one of the top ranked art shows in the country. It takes place on President's Day weekend every year. And we have over 300 artists from all over the country. It's a juried art show. So it's not a craft show. Not anybody could get in. But it's one of the most amazing art shows you'll ever go to. And thousands of people attend the art show. Over 30,000 people in two days. 30,000. 30,000. Wow. We're so excited about the new location. The city of Palm Beach Garden has absolutely laid out the red carpet for us and has really been an amazing partner there. But that's not the only art show that the chamber runs, right? No. So we also do Art Fest by the Sea, which takes place in March. March, uh, I believe it's 12th and 13th this year in Juneau Beach, right along alternate A1A overlooking the water. And it's a great art show that takes place about three weeks after Artie Gras. So if you haven't been to that show, that's a little different. There's not a, it's not a gated event. So you could go hang out at the beach all day and come up in your bathing suit and walk along the street and, and buy some art. But um, all kinds of food, live music, another great, great art show in, in the Palm Beach North region. And those are just two of the biggest uh, signature events that Chamber has every single year. What else is the Chamber doing that you would like to highlight? There's so much more than just the community events that we do. You know, I think the most important thing, when you think of a chamber of commerce, you think the chamber is all about events and networking. But the most important thing that the chamber does is to advocate for the business community. That's to fight for the business community, to create an environment that is business friendly. And I think um, that's really the, the, the most important job that the chamber does. From an event standpoint, yes, we have tons of networking opportunities for our members, which is very important too, right? We have a monthly breakfast every month where we bring in keynote speakers to talk about um, any issues, any relevant issues going on in the north end of the county. We have our, every other month, we have a business after hours, which is just a straight networking event with some cocktails and some light hors d'oeuvres. And then we have all kinds of small business events for our small businesses, small business seminars. We have CEO connections where you get up close and personal on some of the bigger CEOs here in the north end of the county. And then like I mentioned, all kinds of seminars and things for our small businesses. And if I wanted to join the chamber, do I have to be a big business to join the chamber? Or is it fairly affordable if I've just got a one or two or three person business? So the chamber is made up of over 83% small businesses. So that's less than five employees. 83% of our membership, we have over 700 members in the north end of the county. So do the math on that. Yes, anyone could join the chamber. Any business can. It's absolutely affordable. You could join the entry level to come into the chamber is $385. And if I'm not a member of the chamber and I want to try it out or I want to meet some people or whatever, what should I do? You could always reach out to us, um, reach out to Brittany Cartwright on our membership team, who's just an, a dynamic director of membership development, way better director of membership development than I ever was. I tell her that every day. I mean, she could set you up to come in as our guest, uh, or you could always go online and sign up as a non-member and attend the events event as well to check it out. 
So, Noel, you mentioned that measuring things is incredibly important. And I would imagine that one of the things that you need to do if you're going to be able to measure things is to set some goals from time to time. So I, uh, for example, set personal goals. I set goals for my business. And then I have some things that I do with my family where we try to decide some of the things that we're going to do both philanthropically and as a family, which usually revolves around travel uh, for for us. So do you have a goal setting process and what's that look like? You don't have to tell us what your goals are, but what's it look like? Well, I mean, absolutely. There's a process. I have a goal setting process for me. We set goals for all of our team members at the chamber, the chamber has goals. You know, we have a five-year strategic plan that we're heading into. We're finishing up year five right now. So that is important. From a staff standpoint, we sit down on a weekly basis and, and talk about how we're doing versus our goals and where we're at. At any given time, you could ask anybody on my staff, anyone on my team, they know where they're at versus their goals and how close they are or how far away they are. So we talk about that a lot. We try to keep our goals top of mind. I have my own goals. I talk to our, my chair, Stephanie Mitrione, about our goals, or in, my incoming chair, David Markarian, as well. And then, of course, you know, we talked about the strategic plan, um, wh- which is a really big deal for the region. All right. And so you mentioned Brittany, who's a membership development director. How many people are on your team right now? So right now we have eight staff members. Okay. We have four directors and, and then the rest of the team. And so these folks are doing things as far as community development efforts, they're setting up events, they're taking pictures, they're doing social media, they're doing all of these things. Is there somebody that's kind of in charge of, let's say, relationships with uh, local governments or running government affairs? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a big part of my job. But we also have a staff member, Kathleen Dempsey, who's our director of community engagement. She's been on the team now just about, I think, coming on 90 days now. And her job is to work with all 10 of our municipalities and, and to make sure that um, you know, we, we do a good job of bringing the private and public sector together. 10 municipalities in, inside of uh, Palm Beach North area. 10 municipalities, all the way from Mangonia Park, all the way north through, through to Cuesta. Okay, so one of the things that the chamber has is a government affairs committee. Tell us a little bit about that. That is something that we are very, very proud of and something that really sets us apart from most chambers out there. There aren't many chambers of commerces in Palm Beach County right now that could say that they have over 10 municipalities in their region. I mean, one something that we do on a monthly basis is bring all 10 of our municipalities together on a call. We have the county there as well, and they all get to give an update of what's going on in each one of their municipalities, and we get to talk about different issues that they're all facing and try to tackle them all at once. We're very, very proud of the engagement. I mean, that's something is probably one of our biggest strengths is our relationships with the 10 municipalities in our region. So I like to talk about this podcast, Business in Paradise, from the standpoint that I chose to move here. I was in a position where I could have literally moved just about any place that I wanted to. I was in a fortunate position. I thought about California, and then I thought better. I thought about Hawaii, and then I thought about how far away it was. But I found that I got everything that I wanted here in South Florida that all of those other places would have been able to offer me. Yeah, maybe it's a little hot in the summer and a little bit muggy, but this place is awesome. And when you're on the sandbar, in in the middle of July, uh, you're not thinking about how muggy it is. You're kind of grateful for it. So my question to you is, it's changed a lot. I've seen so much change since I first moved down here. And I lived in a development right off of PGA Boulevard. And a lot of PGA Boulevard wasn't built out. And a lot of North Lake out west wasn't built out. 
What have you seen in the years? What, you came up in 2007 or something to do the bonefish job? Yep. Yeah. Just I've been in this area now over 18 years or so. Okay. So about the same time as I did. What changes have you seen? Growth. We're exploding. Like, you know, we live where everyone wants to live. If you look, the, the floridascorecard.org is, is a, a website that the Florida Chamber puts up, and they've got some really, really good stats on there. They're projecting on that website that we need to create 30,000 jobs by 2030. That's nine years away. Nine years away. We're right, actually almost eight years away, right? Because we're almost into 2022 already. We are absolutely exploding. The western end of our community, our region is blowing up with Avenir and everything out there. We're becoming more congested. We need to be ready. We need to be ready for the growth that's coming our way. You know, I think the biggest, you know, one of the biggest assets that we have here in north end of the county is our quality of life. And that's traffic. And, and you know, we're not as congested as, as our friends are down south. And, and the traffic isn't that bad. Well, what are we going to do? to keep up with that. What are we going to do to find housing for, for all of our small businesses, employees and, and our restaurant workers and our hotel workers? And, you know, how are we going to keep up with this growth? And I think that's one of the big major challenges that we have coming along. And that's, what's changed here. Like we, we're really, I mean, we are absolutely exploding here in the North end. I've totally seen it. In fact, it's so bad. And right now I think uh, I've had some guests on that have talked about the real estate market and how quickly things are selling. And I literally get a call every week or two from somebody calling me randomly that uh, wants to buy my house. And we're seeing Goldman Sachs move, I think 12 or 1300 jobs here. And I just saw an article a few minutes ago that a hedge fund millennium is taking 40,000 square feet of office space in downtown West Palm Beach. And there's so many new financial services companies coming down here that are paying people a lot of money. And they're going to be looking at the north part of the county because of the quality of life. And it's just, I think, going to continue to drive that growth. So we really need some good, good governance to be able to manage that. Agreed, 100%. So, Noel, you mentioned that most of your early life was spent uh, playing sports. What do you still do to uh, stay active? Oh, I'm extremely active. I still get up. I'm up at five in the morning every day in the gym. Um, I think, um, you know, your health is very, very important. And I, I want to stay active because I want to continue to be healthy. I've been doing jujitsu now about two, two to three nights a week. Um, I started doing that about four, four months ago or so. And I've learned a lot humbles you, you know, you get in there and, and wrestle around with some people half your size and they could humble you really, really quickly. But I'm super active. I'm always outside, you know, whether it's walking my dog outside, taking her on trails or, you know, working out, whatever I can, whatever I can do to enjoy what we have here in, in Palm Beach North. I'm always outside doing something. And you mentioned when you moved up here, you had some little kids. Where are they today? My kids are grownups. They're not so little anymore. So my son's 22 years old, is working as a salesman for a company called Fastenal. He works out in the Western communities and his biggest clients are all the sugar mills out West. Okay. And then my daughter is, is a big overachiever. Her name's Bella. And uh, Bella's going to FIU right now. She's in. Uh, she's halfway through her second year of school, and almost has her four-year degree. She dueled enrolled, and, and got tons of credits done while she was in high school. And she's my my overachiever. That's amazing. Does she know what she wants to do when she gets done with school? She goes back and forth. She's not really sure. You know, for a while there, she wanted to be an, an attorney, and and now she seems she's not really sure what she wants to do. So, I know whatever she does, she's going to be amazing at it. Both my kids, I, I think. 
the best thing that I've ever done was was to be a father to those two amazing kids and going to do some really amazing things in this world. Yeah, I'm sure they will. So sports. Obviously, I would imagine that the chamber takes a lot of your time, especially even in the evening hours, the morning hours, and uh, probably the demands of uh, just meeting other chamber members and business owners and people that are on your board of directors. Do you have any other hobbies that you really enjoy doing? Music? I enjoy playing golf, but oh, yeah? you've seen me swing a golf club and I'm not great at it yet. I think I'm determined to be good one day, but uh, I love being out on the golf course. I think, you know, you could get a lot of business done on the golf course. So um, I, I love it. Yeah, thanks. You know, if you maybe spend a little bit more time in the gym, you could look like <laughs> I do. So uh, that, uh, for what it's worth, if you if you haven't seen Noel, he's... Uh, you know, a fraction of my size and uh, looks like he's in great shape. So in any event, this has been a really, really interesting conversation. But one of the things that I would like to ask you, we talked about goal setting. Uh, we talked about your personal fitness routine. You said you get up at five o'clock every day and you go to the gym. One of the things that I find that helps me get my day organized is to kind of start with my morning routine because I get up, I work for a little while. Then if it's a gym day for me, which is three or four days a week, I go to the gym. But then after that, I come home, I get cleaned up and I come to the office. But I generally try to use a morning time because I feel like I'm most productive to do some planning. What's your morning ritual look like? 5 a.m., bright and early, walk my dog, hit the gym, come home. My mornings are extremely busy. You know, sometimes we have early meetings at the chamber, so you have to get out and get early out to the office. But I walk in in the morning. I The first thing I do is sit down with my assistant, Jill, and, and kind of talk about the next few days on what's going on with my calendar. And she'll try to grab some things off my plate from me if she can. And then we just kind of get into the day. You know, one of the coolest things about working at the chamber is that no day is ever going to be the same. You know, one moment you could be doing a podcast in front of Carrie Stamp and the next moment you could be on stage talking to a room of 400 people. So you never know what's going to happen at the chamber. Um, There are some early mornings. There are some late nights. There are some Saturdays. There are some Sundays. But that kind of comes and goes with the job. But but I wouldn't change it because I, I really love what I do. And when you get to take time off... What do you like to do or where do you like to go? I love to travel. So about five years ago, I got this travel book and I started traveling and I really spoiled myself. So for my 40th birthday, my first time to Europe, I went to Italy and it was absolutely gorgeous. We, We spent some time in Bologna, Positano, Florence. And it was just absolutely amazing. And I think I spoiled myself because I don't know if you get much better than that. So Sharon and I uh, travel fairly frequently, and before COVID, we would usually do at least two pretty good-sized trips a year. And we've been to most of the European countries, and every time we go someplace, uh, we have this, we make this mistake of comparing it to Italy, because (laughs) Italy truly is the one place where we could go back to it. And you mentioned Positano, my wife's favorite place in the world is the Amalfi Coast, and Positano is uh, such an amazing, gorgeous city that's carved into the hillside with the buildings kind of coming down the hill. We took a boat trip one day. It was kind of a funny story with an Italian captain. I hired a boat just for the three of us, and my wife is claustrophobic. And the uh, guy uh, wanted to take us out. I wanted to go see Capri. 
So it's about 40 minutes by boat out to the Isle of Capri. And he wanted to show us what they're famous for in that area, which are grottos. And grotto is the Italian word essentially for cave. Okay. My wife's claustrophobic. And so she didn't want to go in any caves. And I'm talking to this boat captain. I'm like, okay, we've seen enough caves. He looks at me and he goes, sir, I'm only doing my job. Uh, I'm just trying to show you what uh, we're supposed to uh, show the tourists here. I said, listen, dude, your job is to make me happy. <laughs> That's how you get a big tip. It's not to show me a freaking cave. So in any event, it was still an absolutely beautiful day. We took some amazing pictures. We got to see Capri and a few too many caves. But <laughs> I will always remember our time in um, uh, Positano that it was truly one of the most magnificent places on earth. So yes, I think that you were spoiled. Ugh. So what would be next? What's what's next on, on your hit list? Traveling wise? Yeah. Well, we've, we're, we're talking about going to Croatia this year. We're gonna try to squeeze that in, in October of next year, excuse me, so that's on my list. Um, I've been to Costa Rica the last couple years and I absolutely love Costa Rica. Just surf or just to go to the jungle? Just go to the jungle, relax. Yeah. Have, so I tried surfing. I'm not so great at surfing. I, I'm surprised I even got out of the wave, but it was, a, it's such a great country. The, the food, yep. the, the wildlife, the waterfalls, the hiking, it's just a beautiful country. The people are just so welcoming and, and you always feel safe there. At least, you know, I've always felt safe there. So I love that country. But Croatia is is at the top of my list right now. I think that would be an awesome trip. And it's actually towards the top of our list, too, because that Dalmatian coast, a lot of people compare it to the Amalfi Coast as, uh, as far as how beautiful it is. And I know a mutual friend of ours, uh, shout out to a previous podcast guest, Don Hearing, uh, was recently in Croatia, I think for the second time. Because I remember Don going a couple years ago, and I think they just went back. So uh, we'll have to get with him to uh, get our hit list for when we go to uh, Croatia. Yeah, we'll have to ask him. Yeah. So, Noel, if, if you were to say to a new business owner or somebody that's new to the chamber, what do they need to do to make the chamber work for them so that they can be successful in the amount of time resources and money that they're willing to invest in the Palm Beach North Chamber of Commerce. What's the best way to make it work? Get engaged. I tell everybody, get engaged. And I'm a perfect example of that. You know, I, I moved into the area, didn't know anyone and joined the chamber because you're supposed to. We did the ribbon cutting. We did all the different things that we needed to do. But getting engaged in the chamber, I got to meet all of the right people in the community. And and it's like anything else, right? It's like going to the gym. It's like, you know, you can't just sign up for the gym and expect to drop those 10 pounds, right? Um, you have to get in there and actually work. And, and the more engaged you are in anything you do, especially the chamber, the more you'll get out of it. If we have listeners that are interested in joining the chamber or finding out more, how do they do it? Go to our website pbnchamber.com. There's all kinds of information on there, or you could reach out to the, just pick up the phone and call the chamber and ask for Brittany Cartwright, who's our director of membership development, or you could call me, reach out to me. All of our contact information is on our website. Um, we'd love to have you. There's a lot of amazing things going on in the North end of the County. And, um, we, we'd love to have you. Noel, this has been a great conversation. I truly appreciate you taking the time to join me on the business in paradise podcast. And I look forward to continued success 
for you, for me, for the Palm Beach North Chamber of Commerce, and for all of our fellow business owners that have decided that they want to work in paradise. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Carrie. Thanks for all you do. Thank you for listening to the Business in Paradise Palm Beach podcast with Carrie Stamp, founder of Carrie Stamp and Company, Principal Wealth Advisors. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the Commonwealth Financial Network. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Carrie Stamp and Company is located at 110 Bridge Road, Dequesta, Florida, 33469. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Thank you.